welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 1, Episode 18, and The Whimper Is, in which Frasier and Ross are nominated for their first Seattle Broadcasting Award and attempt to bribe their way to success. So Key, in this episode, trophies and awards are the name of the game. I want to ask you this week, have you ever won an award or trophy? something that you're particularly proud of that you'd like to share with the uh, we're listening listeners today um yeah i've won an award i wouldn't say i'm proud of it <laughs> mixed mixed emotions leading into this then like my graduate um we had an award for the overall mark in the year and the top in like dispute resolution mm. i came i got those two wow that's really um, good what are you proud of those for me like i didn't really care about that i just wanted to pass the exam you're, you're, you're not proud though because you're worried everyone was calling you a nerd in the crowd <laughs> yeah that's what it was <laughs> you were or you were getting mill housed up on stage. It only went because um, I got told that if you won, you got like a 50 quid gift voucher. So oh man, there's always sweets the deal. At the, um, we were basically told if you've been invited, you've won something. So people went. I loved this, this one guy went up, got his little gift bag, little certificate thing, and then he just walked out of the room. <laughs> not hanging around for the rest of this thing. Incredible. That just takes utmost confidence, I think. That guy knew the award was coming his way before the nominations were announced. Bam, he gets it. He's going home. He's got things to do. He's got other awards to win. So. Fair play to him. Like. Fair he had, play, he had yeah. several other ceremonies that night, I'm sure. <laughs> I think it's a leaf we could all take out of his book. But yeah, that's a, that's a very good... Thank you for sharing that with us, Kate. It's a really good... You should be very proud of that. It's a good award. I think... I can't remember what that's called in... um In the US, they have like valedictorian and stuff like that. And then you... You, you, if you're in like the top one percent, I think you graduate from some colleges with like summer cum laude or something. Yeah, it's like magna Latin. cum laude. Something yeah, like that. and then yeah. there's like that. That's like the top ten or five percent. Then there's like a top top one, which I think some some don't even do anymore. But yeah, no, good stuff, man. Are you ready to tuck yourself into trivia corner this week? I'm indeed. Yeah, excellent. Because we've got some from our one of our resident quiz masters, Corey Mischief Knight. He's got a he's got three to test your wits today. Question one: <laughs> What was the reason for the call? at KACL that Frasier mistakenly thought was about the CB nominations. Oh, okay. It was Millie in, I want to say, Promotions is getting married. Yes, yes absolutely correct. I'd forgotten. I thought it, she was pregnant. Um, but yeah, she's getting married. Millie in Promotions. When they say promotions, do you think that means KACL promotions or there is a promotion section in that giant building for a different company? Or I don't I don't know. Like, I, I, I just don't understand was... how big KACL is. Oh, I just took it as like maybe marketing... ACL or something. Yeah, it must be but, because we, we don't get a full idea of how many staff are actually behind this radio show. But I mean, I suppose yeah. that they must have like emotional stuff on every single show, mustn't they? Like, little, yeah. you can be a winner if you call in and do this. So maybe. Oh, yeah, very good point, actually. Yeah, like awards like and, and specials I have. Yeah, so our belated congratulations to Millie there in promotions. <laughs> Hope she had a good marriage. Question two Who was the first member of the voting committee that Frasier runs into at the Seabees? And what gift did Frasier send him? Okay. So when they got to the ceremony, I was like frantically trying to remember everyone's name because oh I thought, oh, these are cool. One, okay. one of them is a bathrobe. Yes, that's what I'm bathrobe. looking for. Who did he give the bathrobe to? Bob Peterson. Bob like Peterson? That. I don't know what it is, but Bob Peterson sounds like a golfer to me. He sounds like a classic American golfer. And mm-hmm. the Bob connection with the dude in season three, the barbecue guy in the wheelchair. Um, I hate that guy. Yeah, as do <laughs> I. We'll have a lot of episodes. We'll have a lot to talk about when we get to episode, but... Uh, 
How, how you remembered Bob Peterson? That is a good, wholesome American name, isn't it? It is. Bob, it's Bob, all American. Bob he lives in suburbia, white picket kids, fence. You know, yeah, exactly. On the Friday. Exactly. A couple of kids. Has a barbecue. In the, invites all the neighbours round. Bob Peterson, an American hero. Okay, question three. Last one. Can you knock it out of the park? I think you're going <laughs> to. What three drinks is Niles asked to fetch during the course of the CB ceremony? And I just want to shout out, this is an excellent question. Oh, okay. If you can tell me who they're for as well, then, I mean, I'm just no, going to bow down to you. Paul asks for, is it a diet root beer? It is. I've never had one. Don't know what they taste it like. It's a root beer, exactly. It's right. basically just like a, a non-alcoholic fizzy drink that, that's got like a, I don't know, a bit like, I, I don't want to say it's like ginger beer because it might be nothing like ginger beer. I always assume they were synonymous with each other. But yeah, it's just like a, a classic non-alcoholic. And the fact that he's getting a diet one is just like doubling down on how pathetic <laughs> a drink that is. <laughs> but yeah, that is one. Okay, Deja, I think, orders a scotch, maybe? He does order a scotch. He gets Fraser a scotch. You've got two out of three here, Kay. You're doing okay. really well. I'm getting worried. No, I don't think I'm going to, like, this is a bit of a guess. Like, oh, I can't remember. I think BB orders a drink. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought maybe should Gray order a drink because he just take a drink off him at the end. Um, I cannot remember, but if I could, I wouldn't want to say to influence your decision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I'm feeling Fletcher Gray might just take a drink off him at the end, so I think it might be BB orders a drink. Okay. Now I have no idea what drink she orders. So I'm what just would the princess moves. of darkness herself drink, <laughs> other than a pint of blood? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Lentonic. Oh, it's champagne. She's got expensive oh. taste, okay, but okay, that is a phenomenal <laughs> effort. You got all three people. You got two drinks. You got the other two questions right. I mean. As as always, I bow down to you, sir. Well played. Thank you very much again to to Corey and Mr. Chief Knight for those excellent questions. He's also got some little fun trivia notes he's added on here, so I'll, I'll read these out now. Niles cries in this episode. Just one short episode after proclaiming he's incapable of crying. We talked about this um, when Eric the Red comes back. Obviously, we talked about why would he say he doesn't cry, but he cries in this episode. And when Fletcher Gray's retirement is announced at the CBS, only one person stands up during the round of applause. Two or three <sighs> stand when they are reading the norms for his category just that lack of appreciation makes me wonder if there's a reason he's never won after 11 years those are Corey's words very interesting uh, actually I did not I had not noticed that but your yes then sounded like you had I thought it was really strange actually when he mm. announced his that one random person stand up <laughs> I didn't know if like an like extra a... was like this is my moment I'm gonna stand <laughs> he's like such a huge powerhouse in that room like that's what the plot tells us but yeah we'll talk about that when we get into the episode are you ready for, for our questions today? Yeah. Yes, I am. Excellent. Why don't you lead? Why don't you ask me your first one? Okay, so how many years have the CBs been going for? He says this is the X annual CB awards. Sugar me. I'll let myself down yet again. I'm going to say Fletcher Gray's been going for 11 years. I think it's going to be a bit longer than that. I'm going to say... 25. The 15th annual oh, I, I, I Honestly, kid you not, 15th was the first thing that came to my head. I was like, nah, it's got to be going longer than that. You know, it's it's a, it's a Fletcher Gray. 11 out of 15 years. I know, man. That guy. He's, he he's dominating the, the top four people in that game. <laughs> <laughs> he's really put up with a lot there. It's um, the Arsenal of um, the CBs, <laughs> isn't it? He is. Any English football fans listening, hopefully get, get that because it might go over a few heads. <laughs> 
Okay, good question, Keeve. Uh, you show me up yet again, which you're very fond of doing. Let me see if I can do the same to you. What does the poster outside Fraser's booth door show? Not just a big poster of him. But... It is a picture of Bulldog, and the poster says "Sports Show" with Bob Bulldog Briscoe. Did you say Bulldog, or did you say it's a big picture of oh, Fraser? It's always a big picture of Fraser. No, uh, no, it says "Sports oh. Show" with Bob Bulldog Briscoe, and it's a picture of Bulldog. I could have sworn like the first scene of this episode was just a big picture of Fraser's head. There is, it's initially looking at his head, I think, then it pans to the vending machine, then it pans oh, to the okay. right again, to his door, and then we see the poster of Bulldog. So maybe maybe that was question was misleading, because there are two posters no, outside his, his booth door. I bow to your knowledge, Will. <laughs> but yeah, the one right next to his door. Um, Bulldog. It's odd. I don't know why. Maybe because he is technically the biggest star of KSCL. He's the Fletcher Gray in these parts. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. Hit me with your next one. Okay, so my second question. Who was the main presenter ceremony? Oh, I didn't jot his name down, which I'm annoyed because I really liked the guy. He was really cool. He's, he had a great kind of gift of the gab. Just the way he was, I don't know, his flow was great as a host. Um, oh, God, 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 God. Can you possibly give me the initials if you're feeling generous? Okay, uh, KB. KB. Oh, I really don't know. I'm going to guess something like uh, some something like Bur- Burling or I don't know Kennedy Burling. I don't know. <laughs> Kennedy Burling. <laughs> Kennedy Burling. <laughs> oh well, never like have to do like identity fraud or anything. Like that. <laughs> I swear I'm 35. My name's Kennedy Burling. Kennedy Burling. Oh, come on, put me out of my misery. Keith Bishop. Keith Bishop. Another really all-American name. Very, very different. As American as Kennedy Burling. Kennedy Burling. Okay, Kennedy Burling's getting jotted down on my Word document, so I can remember that as like a, as a character to revisit down the line because that is just moronic. I don't know what I was Dad, saying. you're gonna write a number one bestseller novel. Kennedy <laughs> Burling with a star. That will be my pen name. Also, he sounds like a country and western singer as well. Um, I'm, I'm picturing like a, a play, like that sort of <laughs> shirt sort of thing. He's got a guitar on his lap. Why is easy going? I'd listen. I'd listen to that album. Okay. Question two: What are the qualifications BB reads out after saying Fraser's name when she meets him in Navosa? She she kind of reads out three qualifications in inverted commas that he has. Okay, and you um, remember what she says? On his PhD. One is PhD, correct? I'm not sure after that. Like, I feel like she added one in for CB, so maybe like SB or something like that. Okay. Um, and do you want to take a stab at the third? Doctor, so MD maybe? MD's correct. It is MD, PhD, yeah. and STUD stood. Oh, <laughs> an excellent little bit of a, a wordplay from uh, from BB there. But yeah, it's MD, PhD, and STUD. Dangerously close to saying STD, which wouldn't have gone down very well, <laughs> I think. Um, Didn't want to yeah. make that my guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hit okay. me with your final. Third and final question. Where did Fletcher Gray's mom fly in from? Oh, okay. Okay, I know this because, no, no, it's on the tip of my tongue because I know it's East Coast and I think it's in New York State because I remember thinking, I think that's in New York. Oh my God, it's not. 
Burlington, not Wilmington. Um, it's Burley. It's Kennedy Burley. <laughs> Kennedy, <laughs> Kennedy Burley. Okay, just what's it begin with? <laughs> are these clues? Well done. <laughs> Come on, please. Come on, it begins, knees, begins with an S. An S. Uh, oh, Scottsdale. S. Scottsdale, yes. And I, remember, I only remember that because I think, I feel like it's mentioned in Friends when Monica and Chandler are moving house. Um, or I feel like it's known as like quite an old people's place. Yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, maybe it's not in New York at all, and I'm thinking of Scarsdale. I'm just going to quickly Google Scottsdale uh, in the US. Is It's in Arizona, so absolutely nowhere near <laughs> the East Coast. Nowhere near well, New York. So I'm sure all the Americans listening, you a clue about a state <laughs> All the Americans that were just listening and screaming at the part, at the phone or at their headphones, I'm so sorry, but there you go. I've, I've got to the truth in the end. Okay, okay, it's time for my final question. Okay. What channel does brad mcnamara work on okay i think i do know this because oh. i was gonna have who was rosie's original date is one of my questions oh, okay his name one. kept coming up and i thought that was <laughs> is he channel eight he is channel eight. brad mcnamara is only a few shades of separation away from kennedy Burling. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, like, another all-american name we're seeing oh. a real kind of recurring thing in this episode with like strong classic american names but yeah some good trivia there Okay, you've, you've absolutely excelled as always people listening are going to think I'm absolutely useless <laughs> at the trivia but getting into the review first thing I want to say no title animation and I talked about this in previous weeks it makes me extremely angry because I don't know why they would have chosen to just not animate and yeah I'm so so glad they didn't because I thought I'd missed it I didn't write it down um, no it's, it's just bizarre like they could the lights the little elevator the red light at the top any all the simple ones are just anyone listening has any theories as to why they would not animate some of the titles now i want to guess there's around 10 to 20 maybe maybe more in the whole series that don't have any if you have any anything on that then please get in touch but um the first like the episode actually starts with based on what my question was about the poster really cool camera angles that we've not seen here we start in the corridor before fraser's boob and it moves around and then we see him through the the framed through the little slit window in his door and we can kind of see him at the booth and i start to think why are they doing this you know we always start in the booth usually looking at the control panel and because this episode is all about the cbs and it's all about kacl as a brand is it the, their idea they're framing the store the episode this isn't a kacl episode so they start in the corridor they show some of the you know the grunt workers moving around the corridors before they go into Frasier's. i just thought it was quite a quite a neat way of, of kind of telling what the the episode's going to be about and if you kind of had any comments on that no, i mean i didn't really think about it in that context but i think you're right i mean mm. i definitely thought it was a very striking opening i mean i remembered Frasier's face and his like his head on the poster yeah um, i think now now you say it i think maybe it does by starting with him on a poster and then going to him in the booth you know i think we often maybe sometimes obviously his his celebrity is played on a lot in the show but we perhaps forget sometimes that he is in that sort of business where he could get an award and go to ceremonies and things like that so they are perhaps framing it and reminding you that it, it makes perfect sense that he would be nominated for an award yeah and i I, think I completely agree I, I love just the general idea of this episode that there is the broadcasting awards that he goes to and the fact that yeah we have 
the, the kind of KSEL background noise and background people and the great interplay of him and Ross when he's hiding behind the door. Like we just get like a little more kind of slice of life of what it's like working at KSEL. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a really good vehicle to have an episode. And obviously they revisit the Seabees. I, I don't know how many times. I want to say three, maybe, possibly, possibly more. But yeah, it's just a really good idea to have, as you say, Frazier is a celebrity and also kind of recognized in the institution and industry he works in as well. So, you know, all these other radio people and people in journalism and stuff kind of gathered in one room. It shows he doesn't kind of work in a vacuum, I, I think, which works really nicely. Kind of just some really depressing lines early on, though, even though he has that great interplay of Roz, when he says, like, I don't find myself getting excited about much of anything anymore. I made a note of that. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a really, very depressing line it from is. It is. I mean, that is that is what people with, you know, clinical diagnosed depression, that is uh, that is a symptom of that, just not feeling kind of affect or, or any kind of enjoyment for anything. And obviously, again, as we've talked about in so many other weeks, that is to set up the joke of when Noel runs in and, you know, says hello or whatever. And then he goes, yes, yes, we've been nominated. Obviously, you know, it completely contrasts what he just said. But when he says that in the moment, I think he means it. And it's like, really, it's just, yeah, really bleak. I mean, if I was a psychiatrist right now, I'll be like, well, let's go back a second and just explore what you've just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a, stop jumping around, lower your arms. Let, you know, you just told me you don't find anything enjoyable anymore. Which, again, a bit like with Niles and crying, I don't necessarily, although it's, it's striking and bleak, I don't know if I believe Frazier when he says that because I feel like he's someone, obviously, he's unlucky in love and his whole kind of love life is a great source of, you know, depression and discomfort to him. But generally, he gets a lot of enjoyment out of little things, you know, a nice wine playing the piano, um, you know, helping people on the radio and stuff. So it's it's an interesting line. But yeah, as we say, sets up the great joke when Noel comes in. Just want to just wanna settle on Noel is back here. Lovely guy. Really happy he's back. The, the trying to lean on the chair thing he does. That like, I don't know if you, when he's like, hi guys, and he kind of puts his right forearm up, up and tries to like lean on the back of Ross's chair, but slips. Like just fantastic kind of physical comedy. And then Fraser saying, get out, Noel. Just, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on seeing Noel again? Again. Had you kind of forgotten what he was like since we last saw him? I'd forgotten forgotten actually how much he was in this episode, really. I, yeah, am I? When I think back to this episode, in terms of other than the regular cast, I think gray mm. he's the one i really remember and me i think that's mainly because of how good his name is <laughs> like again <laughs> not to, <laughs> not to mention kennedy furling yet again but uh, fletcher uh, gray uh, is, a, is a solid name actor could have just shown up his underwear and i've gone fletcher gray that sounds <laughs> fletcher gray is pretty classy <laughs> yeah but sorry you were, you were saying anyway yeah but yeah I, i've forgot how much he was in it and i really i i do like it. and i really like it as well when he's out we see him outside of the work environment actually at the cbs later on and sort of his, his little interplay with with niles and mm. and with ros particularly the end of the episode actually i'm surprised i'm really really i'm jumping out here but like when, no i mean by all means do noel does that to someone <laughs> <laughs> like he says at one stage to roz okay i'm leaving and then she goes oh no i'm sorry I, like i didn't mean that i was like surprised he had so much like backbone yeah um, yeah i'm me actually like he, it's interesting because in these early seasons or you know the earliest season he's characterized as someone who is a little bit you know bit silly and stupid but not like moronically so and i think as he goes on he kind of gets it's a bit like i don't know if you watch the u.s office but i imagine a lot of people listening will have kevin is a character in that who starts out as someone who's like very dull and speaks really slowly but he isn't stupid by any stretch of the imagination and then by like season two onwards they re basically recharacterize him as an absolute moron who like cannot string a sentence together and it's just yeah it's interesting how those 
kind of side characters change and Noel kind of reminds me of that a little bit but yeah it's nice to see him kind of in this episode a little bit more and he's he's one of the cast members of KSCL I think a lot of people would say I wish we saw him in a few more episodes um, on the whole do you like that when characters get sort of characterised a bit later on do you want them made to be dumber than they are it's tough, yeah, with the, the Kevin one. Ultimately, he becomes a much better character through what they did with him. Um, although it is obviously noticeable, noticeably just he's like a different person. The dull, boring guy in like season one and parts of season two isn't funny. Like he just doesn't do anything for me. But then they made him really funny. And then Noel isn't that drastic. It's not as drastic as that. And he is kind of the same kind of person but yeah it's a, it's a good question really i think it depends on how um how much i connected to the character beforehand and then if they take it down a really stupid direction i'm gonna be like what what are you doing but they don't i'm trying to think if they, they do that with any of the main cast in this show i don't really think we've talked about martin a little bit he starts out quite gruff and whiskey voiced and the voice of reason and then by the time you know season 10 comes around season 11 he's taking he's getting high taking weed brownies and you know he ends up becoming a just a little bit more loose and and kind of fun. Um, so he probably has the biggest shift of all of the of all of the five uh, main cast members. But yeah, I mean, what what about you? How do you feel about all that? I'm, I'm really not kind of sort of dumbing down characters because it just mm. it, for me, I feel like means you miss out on storylines you could have. Like for, what what first came to mind when you said that for me was Ralph and the Simpsons. Yeah, in the first couple of seasons, Ralph is not that dumb. Like there's a brilliant episode where there's a crush on Lisa and he ends up playing George Washington in the like yes. school play. He's great. In that. Like, that's my favourite Ralph episode. A couple of seasons later, he's an idiot. And an <laughs> he's idiot. shoving crayons up his nose. And... And, uh, I'd have, like, for instance, like, in that, I'd have liked to see more intelligent Ralph, or, or at least not dumb Ralph. Yeah, so, no, I, could, I completely agree. He's a really good example, actually. I think sometimes, sometimes for me, when you do that, it just looks like you're going for cheap comedy rather than the well-scripted comedy yeah yeah like slapstick and, and physical yeah. comedy is much easier to, to do than than like a, a, a well written quote pun about opera which Fraser <laughs> and Niles kind of regularly do speaking of after this scene we were back in Novosa which I've got a little bit of coffee count updates to get to amazing Niles moment here the delivery of these lines when he's just kind of I can't remember them exactly but he's like you know and then she said she'd been seeing someone else she couldn't keep living a lie I was dumbfounded. I mean, what about everything we'd gone through together? Didn't that mean anything to her? Niles, a patient has a right to change therapists. It is just set up incredible. It's so well. It's one of the best moments of this episode. And yeah, I mean, just a fantastic joke more generally. And I think actually this episode is a great time for the writers to put that joke in because obviously last week we had, we really start to see for the first time sort of cracks in his relationship with Maris. Yes. It makes sense that as an, an audience, as a viewer for the first time watching this, you might think, oh, okay, well, are they going to push on that more? Is, is he going to break up with Maris now? And so it's a good time to do the joke because it's a gen- it can be, I think, a genuine mislead if you're watching this. First yeah, time. no, that's a, it's a really good point. Coming off the back of last week's episode, then yeah, you, you fully expect him to be talking about Maris here and you think, oh my God, all that stuff we saw last week, he's, he's full on gone through with it. Maris has found out or something, she's leaving him. And I, I do think his, his eventual divorce from Maris and, and all that kind of takes place over the next few seasons is one of the best kind of 
side plots in in the show or it's pretty it's pretty major plot point but just because you know you, you get so much development of Nars's character and it's interesting that we kind of have a hint of what that will be like here even though he's talking about something completely different just a just a brilliant line and then of course bb enters making an entrance as she always does bb is back so not only have we got noel back in this episode we've also got bb it's a very strong kind of secondary character episode uh, I, you know as I, I kind of made a note this episode just starts out kind of flying with the, the callbacks and supporting cast members and lines from bb like if i'm ever to have a breakdown let it be now <laughs> because she has two willing psychiatrists to uh to diagnose her but yeah i mean kind of impressions about bb returning i, mean, I don't i don't think she quite dominates the scenes in the way she did her first episode i, I agree actually yeah i think maybe that's just because it's more of an ensemble piece obviously you've got noel you've got Roz in it a lot more daphne some there is just i don't think there is the room for her to have the lines to have the dominance that she did previously um i really really do like the interplay not only between her and fraser but her and niles I think. yeah her. it's that they're, they're two such the kind of fiery characters anyway that like it's a bit like when niles meets Roz. like they're kind of yeah he doesn't quite know what to say or do and then but as obviously as this as the series develops we know he eventually kind of considers her a she devil um but yeah really interesting their interplay i love as well in this scene the way fraser jumps up screaming i was nominated and then turns around as if to justify it goes well i was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you found out that you were nominated for this university award, were you in a public place and did you jump up and down celebrating? I did not. I think I just got an email. I was like, for fuck's sake. I was going to go to prize giving. I was going to have yeah. a beer and chill out that night. <laughs> Probably what your reaction was like, which is the complete opposite of Fraser here. It's interesting because Fraser is very humble. We know he has an ego. I should say he's both. He is humble and he's egotistical, and both sides come out of it as the series goes on. But yeah, I think up to now, he has been quite humble generally. And this episode kind of gives you that flavor of what, what he's like when he wants something. And I, I'm fairly certain BB plants the seeds for the whole bribery thing because she tells him how someone's got like an ad in their show or sent a gift out or something. I, I can't, maybe you can jog my memory there. But the fact that he does go to the the, the extent to, to bribe people, essentially, as Martin calls it, which is very fair to call it that. Um, it's interesting to see him kind of really clamoring. To, to get that recognition and that to me is bizarre because his and Nars upbringing they had a really smart you know loving mother that kind of nurtured them and obviously was taken too young but then I guess they haven't got the approval they wanted from Martin but generally they they have such inc- incredible achievements Harvard Cambridge Yale Oxford whatever they, they both earn probably six figures and I just don't see why Frazier is that desperate for validation all the time is it purely because of his relationship with Martin um, I think it's really relationship with Martin is a big factor. Mm. I also think that in terms of obviously Harvard, you've got Yale, six figures, all that. But I think if you're running in a circle where that is the norm and you you feel, I think it's probably not the thing to rely on. You know, if you're going, oh, well, I went to Harvard and all your mates like, yeah, so did I. It's not yeah, maybe such as big a deal. Um, whereas, yeah. and I, I think I think as well, maybe because he's someone who maybe, you know, didn't have that many friends when he was at school and things like that, he f- maybe craves the approval of the general community or, or the wider community perhaps a little bit because of yeah, that. Yeah, I, th- I think so, yeah. And it's interesting that like Niles is particularly like that because like he he always says, oh, I'm the one who has work cited in academic journals and, and that kind of thing. And they, they both kind of clamour for the favour of, of the wider psychiatric industry, but then also the general public as well in some, in some regards. Um, they're both kind of vying for that all the time, which I think interesting. One thing I will say is that I absolutely, one line, I think it's in this scene that I absolutely love, mm. is how Frasier preps school and 
existentialist club voted him most likely to be. I have made a note of that. It is one of the smartest jokes in the whole of the of the whole of the show, I think, but season one in particular. It's an incredible line. He's like that should get a, that should get a standing ovation as yeah. writing goes. Whoever came up with that in the writer's room. It's just and I mean I, I've never heard it before and I've you know, I haven't Googled it to see if it's ever cropped up in a book or anything. If that is genuinely an original joke from one of the writers, which by all means it probably is, it's just yeah, as you say, it is just incredible. It's testament to the, the team they had behind the show. Just it's a it's a really popular sitcom and yet here are some philosoph- philosophical jokes that are just like out of this world in terms of their punning. And we have a recurring another joke about Niles being late for his sexual addiction group and he doesn't like to leave them too long. Another fantastic gag. And again, as we've I think you mentioned a few weeks ago, a great kind of throwback joke that they do quite a lot. I'm thinking, is that the third or fourth we've had, maybe? A bit more, to be honest. I was thinking fourth mm. or fifth. Um, it, may, it may well be. But it's just, it's a great line. And I don't know when these kind of stop being a thing. But every time I hear one, I'm just like, why did they ever stop? They could have done this every season. Like, it never gets old. Like, just keep thinking of new ones. It's a great kind of familiar and comforting joke to hear, I think. What I also think I really, really love David Hyde-Pierce's delivery. It's not so much a, a zinger. I know we're trying to keep an eye on those. But I do love the way when he's asked if he's proud of phrase, he goes, well, actually... No, he talks about like the, the low road of celebrity my brother has chosen to travel on and just like he's very eloquent at this point but yeah just he just doesn't he just doesn't care at this point about Frasier's achievements and it's just there it's a great little bit of you know sibling rivalry as Frasier calls it but just seeing those rifts between them but then the fact he does come to the ceremony and Frasier thanks him for that and you know it's it's quite nice yeah. in some regards you know he gets a waiter his... all night yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he kind of ends up being the you know the foil of the joke there when he was the one kind of dead against it. So after kind of Nervoso are back in Frazier's apartment and he's celebrating um, after he's found out he's been nominated by telling everyone how to open a bottle of champagne. I don't know if this is true. I've not fact-checked this, but his method is you hold the cork stationary and you twist the bottle. Evidently doesn't work out this time because the, the champagne goes everywhere and you have Eddie licking up $200 champagne. And that was actually going to be one of my quiz questions. How much the champagne bottle cost would you have remembered i think i would have actually yeah, yeah i think it's got that kind of that kind of ring to it um but yeah eddie licking that off the table is hilarious fraser i think calls him a mangy cur again which is something he calls him a lot but he like says it really quickly so it's almost hard to pick up um i mean when was the last time you had champagne Kate? can you remember are you a fan i should ask i don't yeah it's all right i, I think i but i've still i probably had it was some kind of function where given a glass of champagne but you're sipping it very very you're not you're not you can't have much champagne sort of thing if you don't know what I mean. Yeah, you've got to be kind of uh, economical with your sippage. You, you can't stand there and go, oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> Where's this coming from? Get me another. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm weird with champagne. I'm If someone offers it me and I'm like a family place and there's also beer available, I'll always defer to the beer. And that's not like trying to be like all down and blue collar or whatever. It's just generally a champagne for me. I feel like it's wasted on me. Like I don't mind the taste, but I just think, you know, this tastes okay, but sh- just give this to someone who loves champagne champagne and then they'll get more out of it than me and I can I can enjoy the really cheap lager you've, you've been keeping in the garage. Uh, but yeah. I'm not a sophisticated drinker. I no, will drink likewise. any old crap. I've only started drinking red wine like, I don't know, last summer. I mean, I have that, you know, most week weekends now. I'm a big fan. But I mean, don't don't even think for a second I know the difference between a £200 bottle of wine and a, you know, a £5 bottle from Tesco or something. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, so when, I mean, I'm not even sure. Like, when they go, oh, I want a very dry, like white wine I, I've, I'm just like yeah you want wine 
I'm like, yeah, it's a liquid. It's not going to be dry. Don't <laughs> so get it at all. You get it. Do you want it like vapor coming out of the glass? <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not into that kind of thing. But, you know, Fraser and Nas are, so we have to kind of get on board while we're doing this. Uh, this is something interesting now. Martin calls Fraser. He says, he's celebrating. He says, to my number one son. Now, in the US, is that common to refer to your firstborn, my number one son, or, you know, just call them number one? Because sometimes my mom and dad, you know, obviously we live in the UK, they will refer to my brother as, you know, all number ones here today or all number twos, you know, off in London or whatever. I just always assumed this wasn't a thing in America and like to say, oh, my number one son, he, it's like he's saying you're the best. Uh, I don't know. How did you kind of read this and how, how do you kind of think that, that plays out? I don't, I'm sure Americans listening will, will fill us in, but I don't know. This kind of is a funny line for me. It's strange one. I thought it was more like number one is in you're the best in your field sort of thing. Like you're okay, number that's one a good in radio show. broadcasting. Mm. Otherwise, I, don't know, I, I agree. I think it's a bit strange to go, you're number one son, you were born first or <laughs> yeah so it's just yeah i just it's it's weird like you, you never ever hear martin give preference to either of them really except in i think maybe i'm thinking of room full of heroes when mark nars dresses as martin and they have that really like amazingly horrible argument and then fraser's like oh you know i didn't dress up as you dad and he's like yeah you're a good son fraser like in that moment he very clearly pl- places preference on fraser over niles but yeah like it's not really something he does he does normally but, i mean on the kind of theme of martin here just love how much Roz and Martin's relationship has seemingly developed off camera because she comes in the room and calls him Mr. C and then he's like oh hey, hey Roz how's my girlfriend and then she like leans in and kisses him and stuff that I mean it feels really natural and I love their kind of relationship at this point I absolutely I feel like it's taken a huge leap since we last kind of saw them together it does it feels like that and I think that me I absolutely love um Rossi's relationship with Daphne as well I think it's really nice to see Daphne with um sort of a female friend acting a bit more like a girl sort of thing the way they're sort of giggling together at the door yeah yeah I really like that like because we don't we don't see like their wider like someone made someone made a tweet the other day and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it it's relevant here it says people in tv shows don't ever never have friends unless the whole show is about them having friends. Like, you know, you, you wouldn't vote Roz will have loads of friends outside of KACL and outside of Fraser's family, obviously, because she's just a normal adult woman. But we never, ever see them. Likewise with Daphne. And I just think, you know, that it's such a good point. Unless the show is about that, we, we can't ever see them because, you know, time restraints and, and actor restraints and whatever. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. They've only really got each other when it comes to, like, gal pals to use a whole horribly, you know, out of term, out of date, kind of gender term. It's about at least 65. I really do. I really do. But that is what they're like here. And it's just, it's a nice little, they're kind of dancing around about Brad McNamara. Like Daphne does like a ka-ching motion with her hand, you know, to say, you know, what a, what a, and then like Fraser's like, oh, I'm sure she's talking about the nomination. Like, no, I was congratulating her about Brad McNamara. It's just, yeah, really good. I'm just laughing, looking at my bullet points, just remembering Marty's lines here when he's like, uh, oh, Fletcher Gray, I like. I like him. Oh, such as a, I like him. Brenda Yashiro's up against you for this award? Oh, I like her. She's a cutie. <laughs> Mike Sanchez. Oh, I like him. That's your great. Thank you, guys. I was just about to point that out in my next bit. I absolutely love the delivery. It just Brenda Yashiro. Oh, so I like her. <laughs> Oh, I like her. I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, how long has Martin been listening to Fletcher Gray? I thought it was too easy. Can you remember? Two years, maybe. 
20 years, yeah, he says I've been listening 20 for 20 years, years yeah. which surprises me because we don't ever really see him listening to the radio. And when we do, it's either Bulldog, which we know he listens to regularly, or it's just like listening to Frasier for like a one-off. Um, also a big fan of Wendy Shearer and Mike Sanchez. He, he, he Mike Sanchez? Oh, Mike Sanchez, <laughs> I like him. Uh, oh, also, no love uh, for Kennedy Burling, I like him. Talking <laughs> <laughs> of American names, right? I was yeah. trying to make a note of the producers, and I only got um, Mike Sanchez's. But <laughs> Mike Sanchez's uh, producer is TJ Chester. TJ Chester? That is so American. <laughs> Honestly, that reminds me. Is it TJ or CJ from Recess with the guy with the backwards cap? Oh, I think it was TJ. Was it TJ? Yeah, it always reminds so, yeah. me of... Uh, that just reminds me of that Recess. Kid cool. That kid was the coolest geezer around, man. <laughs> Honestly, we just a whole generation of kids were, would raise on a diet of, of red baseball caps spun backwards. Sure. Um, but yeah, T- I didn't make any notes of the producers actually. But I love the way the pro- the guy hosting's like, you know, such and such talent, such and such producer. I mean, what a week! I reckon we're both Fletcher Gray. We're both talent. We're both producer. I mean, I'm, I think you're the producer. I'm just, I just rock up, do my line. <laughs> so you say you're the talent, mate? Is that what you say? <laughs> you are both talent and producer. <laughs> just talent. That is a nice one, eh? That is very kind <laughs> of you. But I think we're both Fletcher Gray here. Fortunately, not retiring and hopefully won't have to wait 11 years before nominated for some kind of award but I just want to go back to the, the whole point here is Wendy, Wendy Yashiro Wendy Yashiro's up against you for this award? Oh I like her She's put out an ad to, to kind of curry favour with the, the CB panel obviously this is where the, the plot point comes in Fraser and Ross are going to buy gifts for the panel his in, his kind of immediate default thing is to defer to the Tiffany catalogue which is just it just blows my mind here I forget how filthy rich Fraser is and Niles obviously but to, for your immediate kind of gift shopping needs to default to the Tiffany catalogue is insane to me like I cannot even fathom having that much money and I just yeah did that moment kind of strike you at all I find it me it's quite strange like just because you know it wasn't that long ago this guy was banging on about his ethics yeah and all of a sudden now he's like look at um, silver flasks and cigarette cases and things yeah. like that. And bathrobes yeah. as well. I think, does he, someone else a watch as well? I think the woman after Bob Peterson. Yeah, she, she has a watch. And a watch. He says, oh, it's it's like quite like my likeness or something. He makes a joke about his likeness, which I don't understand. Like, like is he joking that he got his own face on the on the watch face? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> he either got his own face on it or he's saying like he can see his reflection or something. But... Oh, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's so like crystal kind of clear that he can see himself. I was going to say, there's no way he'd get someone to watch with his face on. That's like something you'd get out of a Christmas cracker, I think. Extremely kind of in poor taste. One tiny detail here. The fire is on in Fraser's apartment. I can't recall before now ever seeing it lit i mean maybe a cocktail party or something but the fact the fire is on in this scene really throws me it just doesn't seem like a i don't know it's a noise detail but yeah did you did you notice it was on no (laughs) (laughs) i really look at the stupidest things in the background but yeah just i can't remember a previous time it was on i don't know if you can i can't think of it at all to be honest no it's it's it's, it's a great fireplace and the way it kind of you know that tiling that swoops over you know i I would use it more if i was if i lived in fred's apartment but yeah 
yeah, kind of next on my uh, next on my bullet points notes of this episode is um, well, it kind of throws back to earlier. I totally forgot that Noel came to the awards, which is which is great that he kind of shows up again and he orders his diet root beer and he you know he says he's going to go home and he's got night blindness, <laughs> which is a fantastic line. I don't is that, I, it must be a thing. I mean, is, is that something you've heard of before? I've heard. Of, I know some people who like they can't drive because like bright lights sort of really distract them and like hurt their eyes so i don't know if it's the not like the night per se but like if he sees a street lamp it would really affect him okay so yeah um, maybe that's what it is i'm, I'm speaking very uh, you know a lot of ignorance here because it's probably well, a very actually, serious affliction but what were you gonna say it is, it is um it's it is a thing the, the eye is unable to adapt to low light conditions Oh, okay, well, there you go. If anyone listening suffers from that and wants to chip in about Noel here, by all means do. Um, we're very ignorant about medical conditions, as has been proven on other episodes on this, uh, sure, on this we, show. We are not to be trusted with any no, medical we advice. Not. We do not have MDs. We are not STUDs. <laughs> so don't, <laughs> don't listen to us. Great. Again, from Noel, they don't check after six, referring to the meter he's found. I think little fist pump or something. What does he do? So, so genuinely delighted, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Don't check Just, after six. No, don't check yeah. after six. They don't check after six. <laughs> That is genuinely like I take small pleasures from those kind of things. If I was if I was a man like Noel and I was go you know I've got dressed up in a tux, I'm going for a night out, which presumably he doesn't do that often. Um, I would be I'd be over the moon finding a, a kind of a, a, a parking meter that you that you can get away with. But then kind of great great moment from Martin again when he he goes and introduces himself to Fletcher Gray, and then he remembers doing a report on a crime that Martin was on at the time he was in the police force, and says, "Hey, you're the guy that found the head." which is just like horrifying i just feel like so many of the crimes martin dealt with are disproportionately murders with dismemberment involved and he never did traffic offenses did he he was always people missing heads or carving the name of a killer into the wood which is you know a whole other episode in a season or two but yeah then oh i've got my next bullet point here just a quick mini pause for this week is my you just got burned for this week if if you're just tuning in this week that is a segment we introduced last week on the suggestion of mischief night our quiz master and it's where we pick our favorite insults from the episode and i've got martin's here when he says you can always cheer him up by sending him something nice of your little gift shop the way he says that is absolutely fantastic yeah kind of really ribbing fraser for the whole bribery thing and he is the, the kind of moral compass in this episode he's on to fraser about this throughout but yeah i mean any thoughts on that line or do you have your own you just got burned okay I think it's probably the best line, isn't it? In terms of you've just got burned. Um, it is a pretty good burn. You feel do, free to co-opt it as your own. I, I, might, I, might, I mean, I do like how he tells Bibi that that's why he keeps his cane. Yes, um, that's a good line. Yeah. Um, but what, what I will say, just after this line about the gift shop, he's over to, to Fraser and he's telling mm. him that he considered campaigning, but you'd have something to tell your show about someone self-absorbed. Yeah. You think Fletcher Gray knows he's just been campaigning. Do you reckon that's a little dick? I... If I was Fraser, if I was Fletcher Gray, and I've been going to this thing for eleven years, I would almost certainly be knowledgeable that that went on because I'd be like, "Why the hell am I not winning?" For starters, and you know, you just hear rumor and gossip of these kind of things. So I, I hadn't thought of that actually. I thought it was just a little throwaway line so that we, the, the viewer, can kind of think, "Ooh, Fraser, you know, he's right." You, you're guilty but i think you're right i think he really does he does know um and just the fact that neither of them win it's ultimately the best ending for this episode because i don't know how else it would have gone down fletcher winning would have been good 
um, Frazier winning and giving it to Fletcher would have been good, but possibly just unrealistic and too like saccharine and sweet. So I think ultimately we get the best ending. But yeah, that's a good observation. I think he does know. Also, someone who for me steals the show. I absolutely love her. She's uh, Fletcher Gray's mom. Such a lovely woman, but like got such an edge to her. It's getting harder and harder to get on that plane. <laughs> the way she says that. I just want to give her a hug, man. But then she also just looks like really fearsome. I actually made a note, like the pink lady she's drinking looks absolutely delicious. Have you ever had a pink lady? And can you tell me what's in one? Because I did look it up. I have no idea. What is a pink lady? It is gin with, I, I don't know how you pronounce this, grenadine or um, pr- probably yeah. grenadine and okay. egg whites, a lot of egg whites. And it's kind of like a, a bit of a, well, if it's got egg white in it, I imagine it's quite a foamy, thick kind of, they look really good, but they also really? look like, you know, Pepto-Bismol. Oh, so it depends what you're into, but well, next I'm pass. Yeah, I'm. I don't know anywhere that's ever served one in the UK. Um, I am. Maybe a Cosmo. A Cosmo is that similar vibe? No, like it's it's very like fruity and sweet. Like it's like um very like a Sex in the City sort of vibe. Um, Okay, that sounds. They normally are the most delicious cocktails. Have you ever? I mean, have you ever been to uh, Clint Hyde? I think we may have. I may have mentioned this to you before. Yes, we talked about it way, way, way ago on the podcast. Like briefly, I think in one of the opening bits. But I haven't been. Do they do a mean Cosmo? I mean, because we're like, I went with Shan. Shan ordered one, did not like it. Honestly, I very much liked it. <laughs> like, this yeah, very, I'm, like, uh... quintessentially female drink, and then there's maybe <laughs> it on a Friday night. Honestly, those kind of, like, you know, so-called, you know, feminine cocktails are always the nicest and always the most delicious. Like, I was on, when I was on holiday last summer, I had a mojito for the first time. A mojito is not particularly, like, you know, feminine or masculine. It's kind of its own thing. The fact that it's clear helps. I, I think the cocktails that have a, a nice warm colour tend to be kind of, you know, Know, attributed to women or men or whatever and i had them here for the first time absolutely unbelievable like they're delicious i, I, could, I could have just sat there all afternoon in the sun drinking them I and mean, i've been absolutely smashed out my head but just yeah i mean I, I i'm not a huge kind of i don't know much about cocktails but i think a cosmo key you've, you've, you've won me around you've sold me we should do go to jekyll and hyde we'll do that i tell you what when we make it big we'll film a live episode that would be really hyde. good we can sample the wine we can get people in i mean who knows when that will be considering the goddamn lockdown but uh yeah there we go so that was my yes yeah, so that was my you just got burned the gift shop um we have the cosmo fletcher gray's mom love i just put on my notes so lovely and tiny which she is both john mahoney looks the best in the tux out of every one here. I don't know if you agreed here, but I think he puts his boys to shame. I think he looks quality in the tux. Mahoney always looks good in the tux. He does, man. He's a man born to wear one, I think. And it just, yeah. Fraser and Niles, Fraser's hair is so nuts at this in these first two seasons that he can't quite ever look good in, in finery. Niles looks, you know, very presentable, but Mahoney just pulls it off. He looks really cool, really dapper, just really, really rocking it, I think. Okay, my next bullet point, something to kind of dwell on here. It's I'm basically at the end of my notes of this episode, but this, this it needs a little bit of time. There is the guy. Well, I can't remember his name now. Keith Bishop, the, the host. He makes the glasses joke. Oh, I can't read anything without my glasses. And everyone in the audience laughs like he's just said the best one-liner like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival or something. Why is that joke in there? Is it purely to give Fraser and Roz more time to like moan at the table because the camera cuts back to them and they're kind of, oh, I don't know, Roz, I really want to win or whatever. They're kind of, they're given that extra kind of side moment to talk. I just, if that's the case could they not have orchestrated a bit better because the joke is terrible and completely undeserving of the laughter it gets <laughs> and also you wouldn't get up to host an award host an awards ceremony 
without putting on your reading glasses. So any thoughts on this to kind of wrap up the review? <laughs> I feel like I couldn't possibly disagree with you given the better <laughs> I think I've really laid into Kennedy Burling more than he deserved, but I don't know. What do you yeah, Kennedy Burling. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I, I think it's just to build tension. And don't know, maybe it's just a, a presenter joke that they, they, you know, make some dumb excuse for building tension. But yeah, I do find it a bit straight i you know i might smile nicely politely but if it, if that happened and i was in the audience I, yeah I, I i was smiling politely watching <laughs> the episode like i was in the audience because if i was there in the audience i'd be like oh yeah classic you know you've, you've misplaced your glasses we're kind of laughing with you not at you but at home i was just like kennedy what are you doing man that's not a good, <laughs> it's not a good joke you know letting people... down the good name of kennedy <laughs> honestly just yeah not good um but overall a very good episode i'm going to ask you key is it in your top 10 is not in my top 10 it is not in my top 10 either but a very good one i feel like we're really like the the second half of season one is just full of really good eps um we're kind of on a really good downward slope now towards the uh the finale um the title and the whimper is i couldn't really find much do you did you think this was a reference to anything other than and the winner is that's all i had was and the yeah. winner is um, i was trying yeah. to see if like and the winner is was maybe like a classic film from the the 50s or the 40s i couldn't really see um i think it's just a kind of throwaway gag a bit like with the title animation i get a little bit annoyed now because we, we love talking about what the references in the titles are when it doesn't have a clear reference like oh you know can't buy me love is a beatles song when it's this week and we can't really think of one i get a bit frustrated like i want them to call it something else and have it like you know in reference to some arcane literary thing i don't know but key uh, are you ready to wrap up with whose crane is it anywhere can I just add a couple points? Yes, uh, you can, points. please. Oh, yeah. Please do. Um, I absolutely love the fact that when, at the end, right at the end of the episode, when Fraser Gray comes over, why that he just takes a drink from Niles? Because obviously it's been a joke all the way through that Niles is getting drink. <laughs> at this stage, I feel like you've just started to forget about that. And I think it's the perfect timing. Yeah, just it's to a give great a recurring gag. Joke. Yeah. I also love Fraser Gray's like very philosophic view of the whole thing. His, his little speech reminds me a bit of like, if by Kipling, the yes. poem, like, you know, be a man, my son, and all that. Just the way it goes, you know, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and you've done a good job, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um, that's a really that's... good callback, actually, to the Kipling. I think it's a big, and probably, presumably, would be very familiar to the writers of, the, of Fraser. For me, that is what makes uh, Fletcher Gray, the Dean of Seattle Radio. The Dean of Seattle Radio. Oh, my mentor, Fletcher Gray. <laughs> <laughs> Just such a good guy. Also, another character that we say this about so many, but another character I would very happily have seen again. Uh, another Seabiz, maybe. You know, he's there as like, I don't know, gets a Lifetime yeah. Achievement Award. Or, or like he could have been uh, one of the people hosting the other something. Yeah, exactly. You know, because then we'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense he's hosting. We know who he is. But yeah, you, you said you had a few other points to add. I think that was really, I mean, one thing I will say, I know we we talked about the, the, the title of the episode. Did, I know we didn't mention that last week, did we? Did you want to... We didn't. What was last week's Midwinter's yeah, Night Dream? Night's Dream, yeah. Of yeah. course, a reference to... Actually, I'm very happy to say my favourite Shakespeare play, which is, of course, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Have you ever performed in it, Keith, knowing you have a dramatic background? 
I haven't done a Midsummer Night stream. However, I am going to. I don't know if it's plugging it because it's free and it's absolutely nothing to do with me at all. Go for it, man. Plug away. Is, there's a theatre group called uh, the Lord Chamberlain's Men, and one, mm-hmm. it's an all-male group, and they tour the country once a year during the, like the summer. They do outdoor theatre, and in Birmingham, they do one show a year in Birmingham, which is uh, Winterbourne Gardens, which I think. Oh, I've been there. there. It's wonderful, it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to see them perform the Tempest there a couple of years ago, wow. and it was phenomenal phenomenal uh, and mm. last year they did a midsummer night stream and i missed it because i had a work thing but um both of them on youtube for free so oh, if anyone what was in, the name again uh, the lord chamberlain if anyone's into like outdoor theater and, and shakespeare i would highly recommend them i would love to see midsummer night's dream performed outside as would um as you like it which i think is like his big pastoral play like the whole thing takes place in like arden forest or something yeah. like just perfect to, to, to take place outside but yeah so it was a reference last week with reference to that great shakespeare play really is i just love the comedies in general in general like that much to do about nothing i just think ah, oh, they're just they're really kind of good comfort food i know a lot of people who maybe haven't watched or read any shakespeare think it's really inaccessible and like just you know high high society stuff but he's actually like you know he wrote these for you know the common person to, to enjoy yeah. and listen and I, I think the problem is shakespeare is taught so badly in schools because oh, he handed yeah. a book and made to read out of it and it's... yeah no no 11 you know year 11 no 15 year old 16 year old is going to read shakespeare and think oh man this is going to change my life you'll get like yeah. a rare one in a thousand person who will think that but generally um, be so put off we're very lucky where we are we're not too far from Shakespeare company absolutely never yeah. seen them do a bad play and if there's anyone who has access to bbc iplayer i know but i think about six of their shows on iplayer yeah i've been right. meaning to watch them i've been a terrible um, literature student and have not watched any yet i there's i know much to do about nothing's on there and Beth, because I went to see both of them live, and particularly in Macbeth, Christopher Eccleston is amazing in the lead role. Really, absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's really. I'd love if you do give it a watch. I'd love to know your thoughts on the the direction that the director took with it. Uh, um, yeah, I know nothing about his his performance actually. Like how they staged it, whether it was like historically accurate or they kind of moved it to a different time um, period. I'm not going to say too much, and I'll let you draw your own conclusion. You know what? I will watch it. I promise you, I will. I mean, um, you give me the excuse I need. I would highly, highly recommend excellent well on that on that on that note key are you ready for to end this week's review and play whose crown is it anyway i am indeed excellent i think you might get this one it's just two words and it is congratulations guys congratulations guys who says that in this episode or is it anyone in the episode anyone in the episode who has a speaking part obviously because they have to have said the line <laughs> i don't know why i said that, that was a really weird complication. <laughs> it wasn't any of those mute characters none of those extras, <laughs> it. it wasn't it wasn't anyone in the background like the guy who stood up to clap for fletcher gray <laughs> oh congratulations okay so it's gotta be where's your heart leading you okay oh Man, this has been the longest ponder of a who's crying yet. <laughs> I feel like I should get it, and I just... I think guys, I don't think Niles would say guys. Congratulations, guys. Mm-hmm. don't think E.B. would congratulate Oz. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, or maybe Noel said congratulations, guy. Yes, I think no- Noel. I'm going to say Noel. Noel is correct. It is Noel. He walks into the moon and goes, congratulations, like guys. Isn't it? Yeah, when they think yeah. he's talking about the, the CV. Yeah. Yes. Right at the beginning, and when he tries to like lean on the chair and stuff, we get that great moment. But yeah, well yeah. played, Kate. You, you oh. get most of these every week, actually. I don't, I've not got one of the uh, who's going to anyway. Have you not? Have you, I've oh, just, no, you, get, you do so well in Trivia Corner, I forget, and just 
just assume you get them all right. It's um, been tearing me up inside. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a happy up. face on on the show, but <laughs> but you are kept awake at night. <laughs> okay, um, listener mail this week got quite a few little shout outs to uh to, to kind of deal with for the fr- wider Fraser community. Um, first and foremost to Steve Mutum, who is one of the admins slash moderators of Fraser Fan Club. Um, he's now a devout listener and he's listened to every episode in the space of about one or two weeks. And just yeah, he's he's just been so generous in promoting the show on the Fraser Fan Club page, which of course he he kind of co-runs and kind of just promoting our material and stuff. So really, really huge thanks to Steve for that. And just he's been his feedback's been really positive and, and great. A couple of people over on the Reddit as well from last week who I just want to read a few things out. So someone by the username of Crizzleton said, I'm currently on night shift and started listening when I get home. I just moved house and TV isn't set up as I normally pop Frasier on and drift off. When I can't watch, I've got to get my Frasier fix in. Otherwise, you boys are now it. I drift off and if I wake up, you're still on and I drift right back off again. Thank you. I'll work on some trivia questions for one of the episodes. Cal. And I'm not joking. I literally commented this. We designed this podcast to be like be like a Frasier episode where people so many people put it on to fall asleep to like they put it on you know they put a Frasier episode on and then they, they kind of doze off because it's just not intrusive and you know we try to keep the podcast like that it doesn't have any kind of stupid gimmicks or loud noises or whatever so honestly people might read that and jokingly think this guy's falling asleep to the podcast that's the worst <laughs> thing about it but that is honestly what we kind of intended so um, really really nice feedback there um, I love that they're happy that they're waking in the middle of the night and it's still on if I put a podcast on and it's still on when I wake up in the middle of the night. I get really annoyed at the podcast. <laughs> like, Why? Why are you still going for, mate? Sure. <laughs> I'm asleep. You should be too. <laughs> I always um, think, Why not put a timer on you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Teresa, uh, who we've kind of spoken about previous weeks, she's a regular listener and kind of writes in most weeks. She put, I get all excited every week when there's a new episode. Then I make the mistake of waiting until bedtime to listen. I fall asleep almost every time. But then I listen again when I'm slightly more awake in the morning and re-listen to the old episodes while I'm working on stuff, which I just think is really lovely. So she kind of moves back and forth at will. Um, she's listened to some episodes kind of multiple times as well. Always lovely to hear from her. And last but not least, someone by the name of Christopher M3 put, hey guys, I've just discovered your podcast and on episode two at the moment. I'm enjoying it so far. I just have a quick question. Do you have any official social media pages? So uh, if anyone listening wants to know where our Twitter is, it's at FraserPod, but we mainly use the subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash Frasier, which is where we post every week. Um, but yeah, some really some really great comments and feedback this week. So please keep that coming in. Lovely to hear from you all. Um, any final comments or questions, Key? I'm just I'm so excited we've actually got a mailbag. I never and thought me, we'd like, I never thought in a million years we'd have anyone beyond me and you listening to these. And obviously uh, I have to listen to them again editing them. So I'm like, am I am I just gonna bump up the numbers listening back to this, you know? But no, we, we also hit in we hit two thousand listeners at the beginning of May and we've just hit two thousand five hundred as well. Um in the space of two weeks. So, you know, another five hundred. So the downloads are kind of really flying now compared to when we first started so really really awesome um next week we'll be looking at season one episode 19 which is give him the chair i cannot remember oh i think i I know what it is is it about is it about the lazy boy Um, is it i think he the chair away and then there's like a little amateur dramatics theater group yes and oh good episode a good episode yeah really looking forward to that but other than that i've been will i've been key and thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy.
And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scraps. 